Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, you can't buy alcohol in Canada on Easter Sunday, but some would argue that a full episode of Footy Prime hits like a stiff drink any day of the week. Man City looked like a team hungover at Wembley. Some idolized Cristiano Ronaldo as a god, his three goals resurrecting three points against Norwich. But many, many United supporters want to crucify the Glazers and believe that the club can never truly resurrect and return to what it once was for as long as the Americans are still around. I'm sure glad our ex-pro Craig Forrest is here because Jimmy Brennan is a man of God. And he doesn't work on holiday Sundays for religious reasons. Thankfully, James Sharman lets me have the Sunday show so I can drop random religious and or pop culture references wherever I please and have total control over the amount of Ronaldo love spewed into your ear holes. Maybe it's just me, but uh, guys, I like to think that our Sunday night episodes have become trusted Sunday soccer sermons for our footy prime parishioners. You agree with that, Charms? Ooh, I like that footy prime parishioners. That's good. I like that. I will say that if Jimmy Brennan is a man of God, then then if there is a God, we're in a whole world of shit. Watch out. You called him a man of God on the last show. Did I? Oh, possibly. Oh, well, I did yeah. In jest, though, I think, wasn't it? Ah, okay. Good Friday was a great Friday show, I thought. Yeah, it was a great show. Jimmy, religious. <laughs> I bet you he, he would burn, he would start, like, burst into flames if you walked into a church. Is he the Any one church? out of all of us? If, if we all walked into a church tomorrow is he the one that would ignite first of all uh odds on favorite yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean his background with his family is quite interesting you know his mom being protestant dad catholic I believe that some of his dad's family didn't even go to the wedding because they were so against it mm. so that sort of thing isn't i mean it still goes on i mean but it's not that many generations ago well last generation for some people that tore families apart yeah but in that case i mean they may have used that as the excuse but the truth was you're marrying a professional footballer i am having no part of that whatsoever no <laughs> chance <laughs> let's be honest and his dad was obviously a catholic because he never put a condom on he was popping <laughs> boys out for fun <laughs> sex is exclusively for reproductive purposes mm. not for pleasure realistic and more catholics was the was saturday's fa cup semi-final uh, as pleasurable as you thought it would be Man City 2, Liverpool 3. Charms for you, it must have been. God, that first half was, you were in dreamland. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a, a witty 
condom reference there with how much I enjoyed it, but it escapes me right now. Maybe later in the show today it will come to me, so to speak. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, a lot of Liverpool fans blew their top off in uh, that first half. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, it was great. What a great first half in particular. And I mean, City weren't good in that first half, and clearly they miss Kevin De Bruyne, obviously. But for once, maybe their depth or their, their lack of as much depth as they had in the past may have shone through a little bit because they, they weren't as good. And I thought Liverpool were really great in that first half. And I know Klopp said it may have been the best half of football he's seen this team play since he got there, which is saying something. But uh, it was great. At the same time, though, I want to hear Craig's thought on this. I mean, how much was was Stefan to fall at fault? Obviously, the Mane goal, the, the one he slid in, was his fault, obviously. But even the other two goals, yeah, I thought, man, yeah. could have done better maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's stuck with them. Um, we've seen that happen with a lot of clubs, and I and I got to say, I like it. I mean, um, West Ham just did it. Uh, you know, changed up the goalkeepers uh, from league to cup. So, um, you know, mistakes happen. Certainly was a part of the game, but I thought overall, I think the quality of the the football. I mean, it wasn't that many days ago we were talking about this. 2-2 two, two draw, you know, with these two football teams that are just playing outstanding football. Outstanding levels of football. Maybe the two best teams and league teams in the world right now. Pep warned us, though, right? He said that City wasn't ready for this match, that the injuries and the timing of this game didn't leave them in any position to really compete to the best of their abilities. So whether, you know, it was that error from Stefan that conceded the second goal in the first half, I still think they would have trailed 2-0. Mm-hmm. I still think they would have conceded too. It wasn't, you know, all on him. But I did like Pep's reaction. He came to his defense saying, look, this is how we want our goalkeepers to play. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And this is a guy that doesn't get a lot of games. It's a little different. But I mean, I think most people watching that match and that same situation that Ederson was in, having misplayed the ball the week before, and it was Jota who couldn't cash in. And Mane made Stefan pay and you know, made him look like a fool. Should backups play more, Craig, do you think? I mean, I understand what Pep's saying there, but in, in English, well, in most club football, the league keeper is the league keeper. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rare that you're rested yeah. beyond cup games. Is it maybe time that you do, at least to keep the other guy a little bit warm? Um, I don't think we'll see a change. I don't think we'll see a change, but you do see dips in form. I mean, we've seen that happen with De Gea, and then he's back to his very best, and, you know, guys do that. They seem to want to stick with that number one. But, yeah, remember they'd be there it's not new what he was doing i mean they train for hours and hours and hours on a carpet at the training ground keeping possession like they do like that the goalkeeper would have done that a million times yeah there's a little bit of added pressure of the game but mistakes happen and like pep says we want the goalkeepers to play like that so but on the other hand pep's going to think twice you know i mean if you do it again then all of a sudden you're you're not the goalkeeper for Pep because if you can't do that and you're really judged on mistakes, uh, he can't afford any more for a long time if he's going to be hanging around a city. Were, were you when you were number two, Craig? Were you able to stay fresh when you did step into the first first goalie gloves for for be it a league match or a cup match? Did you feel fresh or was there that level of perhaps anxiety or, or nerves? No, I did. It was enough that playing cup games even uh, later on in my career, just it was enough, you know, with the training and, 
you know, I think this the downside, the downtime with the the psycho, psychology uh, psychologically um, was good at that age as well to have that sort of downtime, analyzing things, analyzing the goalkeepers, helping out with the goalkeeper coaches, being part of the squad. It was actually a really fun position. And so you do feel part of it. And I felt that we, we had enough game time, enough reserve games and training that I always felt sharp coming in in those situations. When you make a mistake like that, not that you may have had any directly like that, but when something's happened in the match and you know it's on you, like Zach Stefan knew immediately, when you get into the change room, what is that like? How does the how does the team respond? Is there one person that comes over and has a word? Um, <laughs> you know, it always depends, and it's always it's always different too, depending on it, it might be a real close one. Like, should you have come for a cross? Should you have not? You know, this sort of thing, and then guys will come to your defense. Other people will say you should have come for it, and these types of things. But it's all split second decisions. So most managers, they're not going to say anything. They'll talk to you. And the best thing they could do is talk to you on Monday about it. But it's not like you, you're doing it on purpose. You know, if you keep doing something over and over again, well, then you're just not going to be picked. You're not going to play. You're not going to get a new contract. I hope that uh, Zach Stefan didn't go on U.S. Men's National Team Twitter because the conversation about, oh, God, we got a goalkeeping problem. We don't have any backups. We don't have a who's our starter. Zach, Zach Turner is at Arsenal and he'll, uh, I don't know, you know is he, is, has he played yet? I think he may have gone to a cup game, Zach Turner, I think, but not not much at all. He's barely played. So it's an issue. Do you, do you think it's odd that Riyad Morris isn't playing more games from the start? Because whenever he comes on, he looks incredible. He's a wonderful player. Pep just loves the guy, but he seems to be this super sub. He's kind of fallen into that role. And I wonder why if, if he's starting games, perhaps they're, they're far more influential going forward. Good question. Good question. But he's, maybe Pep's got him in that position where he just excels at that. Not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. This is the problem, though, when you have the luxury that they have, that you've got six players all on 150000 plus a week that would start <laughs> on, what, 18 other teams in the Premier League? All yeah. six of them? Like, what are you going to do? There was a stretch there where Foden wasn't getting in, remember? And we thought, well, before the Euros, he, he could have been England's most impactful player. That was our conversation in the, the leading up to it. And, you know, a stretch goes, four games, you don't see them, you start to forget about them. People writing off Jack Grealish, then it looked like, you know, Grealish could have been the could have been the savior there late on. Um, I thought they looked good in those last few minutes. I think if that, you know, if they had another 10 minutes of, of regular time, I think City may have nabbed an equalizer. Liverpool did look tired towards the end, I thought. Yeah, they were definitely looking more tired. I, I just wonder with, with Morris, I mean, Jesus is, is playing now the last couple of games starting them. I think I know they're different kinds of players, but Morris is a better player. And now in those two games, City haven't won. They're now winless in three as well, which is so rare for this team. I know obviously you look at who they played in the situations, be it the Champions League, be it, be it the Cup, be it last week's crazy league match. Um, that there's more to it than that. I understand that. But I just think this guy just always looks so strong and just can really influence the game and way more than Jesus has, who works really hard. And don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player at all. But uh, mm-hmm. he's just, is, it, is it a case of Pep maybe overthinking a, a little bit? Let's give this guy a run of games and see. Well, he's been getting the results, so eh, Charms? You know, you can't really argue with that. I mean, when this really changed it, yeah, well, and we might see changes now. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he gets it right, doesn't he? 
Does yeah, and no, it's, it's tough to criticize the guy, right? <laughs> you know, easy in our armchairs sitting back and criticizing. I mean, the guy's incredible what he does and the way they play, obviously. But and they can still win a lot of trophies this year. They can still win a league and, and cup double, cup in the Champions League. So he's admitted that he overthinks things. So that means we as media, we got to find a new trope, mm-hmm. got to find a new thing to go after him for. <laughs> Thought he was pretty poor, poor form for the, some of those city fans to boo through in the Hillsborough. Oh yeah, memorial there. I mean, come on, what are they thinking? Talk about being tone deaf. And to begin with, it was embarrassing that City could even sell out their uh, away allocation. They couldn't sell it out. And then the fans that did arrive, not all of them, obviously a small group, were doing that. Like Jesus, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know, in every ground, every weekend, there's something new to be disappointed about. Sadly, and that's not exclusive to England. Mm. It just seems to be that that's the case in so many grounds, right? Yeah, tone deafness all around. I thought one of the one of the good stories, I guess, of away fans uh, this week was uh, Eintracht. You know, Frankfurt. I didn't hear of any major trouble. Javi's pissed in Barcelona. Some of thirty thousand of them. <laughs> Javi, <laughs> Javi was complaining. That's in my notes. That was to get to later. Way to oh, yeah. way to jump the rundown, but perfect. Yeah, seventy thousand. They they estimate seventy thousand had turned up in the city, and thirty thousand got in. And Javi said that was a called it a ticketing fiasco. Quote, the players did not feel that they were playing at home. It was unbelievable. I, I, I could not believe it. I was watching the game and listening to it. I was just like, it, it is a home game for Frankfurt at the Camp Nou. I mean, it is, it's unthinkable. And apparently they stopped selling tickets the day before because they were so worried there are just going to be more of them. Yeah. Could have been 50,000, 60,000 of them in there. Strange. I mean, their club allocation was five. So... Does that mean mm-hmm. that the Frankfurt fans just scooped up all the available Barcelona tickets that either weren't claimed or they had bought secondhand? I don't even know how that. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if Barcelona's faithful weren't that faithful and hadn't bought tickets, then I don't blame the Eintracht fans. And sorry, Xavi, too bad. Convince your fans to, to buy the tickets, support your team. And it's been a long season compared to usual. I would but- imagine they have a lot of season tickets too, and I would have thought maybe they're putting them online. Maybe um, you know, putting a dip out there for see if anybody will take it. If not, they'll go to the game. And these guys came down with money. Sure, that's definitely it. Economically, Spain isn't in the greatest position, you know. So maybe that's something to do with it. Germany's always been better, but I was surprised just to see his comments a few days later, uh, you know, as they were not an excuse, but the atmosphere conditioned us. We were not comfortable. I had a bad feeling from the first moment we got on the bus at the hotel and we did not feel at home. So I hear those statements and just think credit to Eintracht fans. Yeah. You know? Cry me a river, been- Javi. Sorry. Love you and all, but <laughs> cry me a river. How many teams have faced Barcelona and felt the same way? Oh, Over yeah. the years. <laughs> Happens a lot. Especially. Especially these small towns and, you know, people from Barcelona transplanted all over the country. And when the Blaugrana turned up and whatever the ground was, fans would fill it yeah. and uh, extend the away end, right? So, yeah, you're right. Shoes on the other foot for the first time in a long time, Javi. I'm sure. West Ham, though, beware. Beware. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. They may have to be. I just don't think that they it'll ever happen there. And I think it's just too big a deal for them. And it'll be the 5,000 allocation that they'll get. And that'll be that'll be it. Mm-hmm. They'll turn up in the town and there might be some trouble. But I think that you're right. As far as the ground <laughs> is concerned, you're not going to see that same thing. I think 
West Ham fans. This is every game feels like a final, uh, a European final, the way they've they've treated the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are they going to go in London to find the West Ham fans? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're not going to find them on Green Street. <laughs> Stay away from Green Street in the mall. Do they hang out in the mall looking for trouble? Center there? Yeah, most of them come up. They spread. They spread out within Essex and South End. Uh, Chelmsford, Colchester, even Ipswich. Uh, definitely West Ham is the the second team of Ipswich. I don't know. They, they oh yeah, maybe yeah. dropping points today against Burnley will just drive some fans away, and there'll be lots of empty seats for that one. Oh come on! Yeah. Are you kid- are you kidding me? You know what? The, the, you know what? This team, they Moises played this team. That lineup is unchanged more than any team in the Premier League. They have a small squad. They are playing every game. They're playing the cup games. Like, they're fucking overachieving. Yeah. I really think. And to, to it didn't surprise me. And then on Easter, Pope there, the goalkeeper. <laughs> hey, how about that? You made a couple really, one really good save. Outstanding. Gordon Banks, kind of. But just think, Craig, had they won today, they could be three points back at Spurs. Instead, they're five back. Haven't played yeah, a game I at know. all. I mean, it's Jesus, what a weird weekend. Spurs, I mean, it could have been worse. Arsenal blew it. You know, United finally won. But, I mean, that 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 f- top four race is really intriguing right now. Yeah, the hunt for fourth place in the Premier League. Like, it's been more agonizing to watch for some than watching a pack of four-year-olds destroy a back garden in search of <laughs> Easter egg. You think? That's true. Looking That's for the true. Easter Bunny themselves. You know, I think West. I think West Ham. Looking at what's left in that Europa League, the best. I mean, no disrespect, but they'll never get a better chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, win the Europa League and punch your ticket to the Champions League. You're right. That's the best. That's the easier route right now, isn't it? It is for sure. Definitely put all their eggs in that basket, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, but they really do have a small squad. It's a thrilling point, though, in London for Michael Jackson's Clarets. See what I did there? Michael Jackson was the interim manager that's taken over for Burnley. Oh, after right. Yes. Been fired. I was getting the Fulham connection mixed up there. And it's weird because I've just literally, before this podcast started, I, I left my girls. They're watching that Michael Jackson, This Is It documentary. So what are the odds? You know, that's the theme today is Michael Jackson, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, not the theme per se, but uh, definitely, definitely a focus. Do you guys find that you're not pulling for Burnley now as much as I would have done? Well, you, yeah. you said it on Friday. You said, fuck them. I think was your word. Yeah. Yeah. I literally written that. Burnley can go <laughs> fuck themselves. End quote. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. I used to be like, you know, this, this adorable underdog because of the charismatic manager at the top who keeps doing it without any budget. And now he's gone. It's like to hell mm-hmm. with him. And, and this American owner comes in, what, in 2020, I think it was, hasn't spent money again. So what yeah. is there to really, what's there to hang on to and to, to support there at, at this point? And, wouldn't you think that they would have somebody lined up? You would think like, so. Right out of the gates? Like before pulling no. the trigger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that's dirty too, but everybody does it. So then why, why not fire him earlier in the week at least? So you got a week of training. They fired him on Friday. Maybe Ben Mee was the mole. You think Ben Mee <laughs> was going to ownership saying like, I'm ready to manage. Maybe, no, she's yeah. lost the room. Maybe yeah. that was it. Maybe. I don't know if Ben Mee talks like that, by the way. Well, he, he does, he does for, the, for this show. He, he's definitely a Londoner. Just for this show, <laughs> let me find out where he's from. We keep talking. I'll, I'll find that he's probably from like he's definitely from the south, the north somewhere, isn't he? Now, <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah. But by all accounts, this was a complete surprise to Sean. 
Dice. This is what my sources are telling me. Really? And he hasn't spoken yet, right? Yeah. No, not that we know of, but he, uh, he didn't see it coming or definitely didn't expect it. Okay. Ben meets in Sale, which is uh, near Manchester. So you had the wrong accent for sure. Totally. Yeah. Can't quite <laughs> do that accent. So, so, so Sean Dyche was surprised, Craig. So, I mean, do you, I, I think he should just take some time off at this point and wait because someone will jump at him at some point. I'm not sure what size club. I don't know how he's viewed around the league. I mean, he's done wonders at, at Burnley coaching a certain style, which isn't sexy and isn't modern per se. He had no choice. Can he adapt? Can, can, do you think he'll be able to go to a bigger club? Say, say in Everton, Actually, we, we mentioned that on Friday, say they, they fire lamps. Mm. Do, can you go to Everton and, and, and change the way his philosophy and coach a more modern way, which is what they want? Do you think, or is he kind of stuck in his ways? You know, I, I think we don't, we, we don't give credit to guys enough that, you know, in positions like he was long, as he was, I mean, there was time. I mean, he, he's changed the way he's played there at Burnley, depending on who he has, but he's always looked for strong characters. And I think that would be the same. I don't think that he wouldn't be flexible enough to change, but I also don't see him getting a top, top job. Mm-hmm. I just don't, um, again, not sexy enough. Um, but there'll be clubs lining up, making him offers and divisions all the way up to mm-hmm. lower size of uh, the champ. I mean, the championship would be, a, you know, he could take some of those big clubs down there. They're desperate for, you know, to get back in the Premier League. Yep. You know, they're, they're, that's a well-paying uh, division. And right. why not? What's wrong with that? These teams that have flirted with coming back up, like, couldn't you see them at Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't you see them yeah. at, you know, maybe yeah. even Sheffield United? Yeah, ambitious clubs with a bit of money behind them. Not so much mm-hmm. the Blades, but yeah. a bit of money behind them. Perhaps with more ambition than some Premier League clubs who, who are just perennial yo-yo. What's Norwich's real ambition? Just to come up when they can and go back down and come up. There are some clubs down there like Borough, like a, a Forest, you know, West Brom, for example, teams that they intend to get up and stay up. Maybe it'd be a fit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You give, that's a tough one, though, on Norwich and because – their ownership, they're not billionaires, they're millionaires, and they do a pretty good job with that club, all in all. They they know where they are, they know where they stand. Just south uh, of them is Ipswich, and they went into administration, you know, years ago um, when they overspent, and so they, they have to manage themselves accordingly. And if they're going to be that team that bounces up and down, uh, so be it. They hope to stay and you know, eventually sustain themselves up there, but that's that's a really tough, tough thing to do. That mm-hmm. division below is littered. There's twenty, what's there? Twenty four teams, and I think twenty one of them been in the Premier League before. It's a high, it's a high number. Yeah, I'm to, let's see the table right now down there. I haven't, I haven't seen the table for a couple of weeks now. Who's doing what down there? Okay, so where we are, table. Uh, bear with me here. Here we go. All right, bad result for Forest. Did they lose this weekend? Friday, they lost to Luton. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they're, but they're still in the uh, in the spots for the playoffs. So uh, Fulham's yeah. going up. We know that they're nine points up on Bournemouth in second and seventy-two. That's the they lost to Derby. Huddersfield in contention once again. Luton and Luton Craig are a team that in the eighties were. I'm not sure if they're perennial first division slash Premier League team, but they're up there yeah. a lot for a long time. Yeah, Burrows in seventh right now. John Carver was at Luton Town, wasn't that his full-time job before? Was it Luton? Was it Luton Town? Take your word for it. I can't remember. I thought so. 
West Brom's sunk down. West Brom's in 11th place right now. So that's a team with some money. Has Derby pulled themselves out of the drop? No. Um, no, they're in 22nd. And, and yeah, they're done. They're done. They've had huge point deductions, but they were flirting yeah. with being able to pull themselves out of it, I thought. Were they hit with another deduction? Well, no. What it is, so right now, they are in the drop zone. They're nine points in safety. They're, they're going down. But regardless, they've got this new, um, this American guy who might be buying the club, who I forget the details here, but essentially what he would do to buy the club would force them into another 15-point deduction, penalty deduction for financial oh. irregularities. How the hell is that? Yeah, well, good, uh, good, good point. I don't know how that works. So you approve this guy as an owner, but with that comes another 15-point deduction. Holy shit. I must look into this more. I don't know more than that, but it's really, it's really not looking good. It's, it's bad. Imagine starting next season in the Tier 3 with tier 15 three, yeah. points. Yeah. Because they, they, I mean, they, they beat Fulham this weekend. Like They're still fighting. They, they're still trying, but there are nine points adrift with games running out. Do you think Rooney would get a bigger club, would get a bigger club right now than Sean Dyche? Yes. <laughs> Which is so unfair, right? And, and then nothing against Rooney. He's done, he's done wonders at Derby County. But Rooney's got that name brand, right? And he's young. And you can see a, a bigger club, a sexier club, jumping on the Rooney bandwagon before the Sean Dyche bandwagon, which is, like I said, I think it's extremely unfair on Sean Dyche, but that's just a reality. Trouble is, Ray, Wayne Rooney isn't sexy. <laughs> see, Steven Gerrard, he's got a look about him. He you know, just looks like a manager. Frank Lampard you know, kind of looks like that. Rooney. Looks 70 years old. Looks like he's been retired for 30 years. <laughs> he speaks well, though, now. Like, he kind of sounds like he a does. gaffer, though, right? He, like, way better. You've got to watch it, Craig. I think it's on Netflix, so it could be Amazon. It's this Rooney documentary. Have you seen it yet, B? No, but I think it's on Amazon. Amazon. It, it's excellent. And it does give you... It reminds me a bit of Mike Tyson, right? In that that Mike Tyson had this this aura around him of being this this psychotic meathead, Right. And, you know, we can talk about the issues he had outside the ring. But you hear him talk, it's actually quite intelligent. And beneath that veneer, there's a brain. And I think Rooney's the same way, I think, a little bit. The the, the myth that's been built up around him, the brand Rooney as a player and, you know, the off-the-field issues, is actually beneath all that, there's, there's something with a bit of substance. I think they're kind of similar. Give these men credit. They can evolve. I mean, not all of them do in retirement, Craig and Jimmy. But some of these retired players, you know, evolve as men, right? <laughs> and some just decline. <laughs> no, not true at all, buddy. But yeah, I agree with you, Sharms. I like the way Rooney speaks as a manager. He truly sounds like it. He's, I think, continuing to find his voice, but he's found a real voice and he's so committed to that project. I think he's going to be crushed that they've failed to get out of this unthinkable circumstance that they were, you know, it looked like they were close that so they might actually do it. But as you say, if there's still nine points adrift now, it's impossible. I, I think you can certainly count on him too, because he, he showed incredible loyalty. Yeah, you know, he said that um, I'm going to stay here. I've got a job to do, and that's uh, that's a good sign too. That's a you know for your future jobs and things like that that you got a guy that's going to show that kind of commitment. Here it is. Uh, so Derby County is still in administration right now, although Chris Kirchner has been named as a preferred bidder for the club. And the American businessman is working to complete a takeover. How Derby emerged from administration would dictate if they hit with a 15-point penalty next season. Um, and club to exit administration, it has to pay its football creditors. 
It also has to pay the unsecured creditors 25p in the pound. Otherwise, there's a 15 point penalty. Um, and yeah, so it, apparently with this takeover, it may not get them out of that, which would mean that 15 more points. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Let's finish the FA Cup now that we know it's going to be Chelsea and Liverpool in the final. Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace nil. We are talking about, he just looks like a manager, Craig. You said, Gerard, good-looking guy, looks like a manager. Lamps, good-looking guy, looks like a manager. Martin Tyler used a Thomas Tuchel quote in the broadcast in talking about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Thomas Tuchel said, he has to do more. Being tall and good-looking isn't enough. <laughs> I think he listened to that, and uh, he, he's got on the score sheet. He makes the most of his opportunities, I feel like, when he's out there. And uh, he, I saw him play for Palace. He showed quite well at Palace. I, I'm kind of surprised that he's you know, ended up back battling for a place in Chelsea that just seems impossible for the guy. But I thought Chelsea did the job. Yeah, they did. I thought <laughs> you sure wouldn't talk. He wouldn't say that about Tuchel, would he? <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's ever said that about Tuchel before. <laughs> Tall and good looking. Maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what young Tuchel looked like. No, I tell you what, he's doing a hell of a job, though, all in all, with this, with everything that's going on behind the scenes. He's kept this team somehow together and just continuing to do their job for the most part. You know, it hasn't been easy, but he's uh, got him in the, this is their third FA Cup final, I think, in a row. Mm-hmm. It's Klopp's first FA Cup final, which surprised me. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, mm. it's interesting. It should be a good final given the last one that they met in the Carabao Cup final, nil-nil. What a match that was, by the way. It was superb. So close, these teams at that point. Yeah. Uh, right. Since then, you know, Chelsea's taken a bit of a step back, I think. The Reds have really taken some steps forward, so they're obviously the favourites in this one. But I, I, I found it. Do you hear the, the comments by Tuchel about Lukaku? Really interesting. And people are asking, like, what, what's happened here? Just, let's get some honesty. What's going on? He can't start a game, the biggest game. That's why he's brought in. He goes, basically, it's pure and simple. He's not fit enough. Huh. What there is, and Craig, come on, there is no excuse for Lukaku to not be fit enough at this point. And is that on the player or is it on the club and the coaching staff? You have this guy at your disposal every day in a training session, right? I know he was hurt for a while, but that's months ago now. For him not mm-hmm. to be fit now, who, who do you point the fingers at? Lukaku. You do, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that that guy's making, if it takes somebody, and they'll be working with him, but it's just him not putting it in is what he's saying. He's just not putting it in. Isn't it incredible. He was the missing piece. Yep. They win the Champions League, they get Lukaku, the missing piece, and he's been probably, they probably would pay $50 million not to have the pain in the ass they've had all year with him. Yeah. Hey, B, is he now Shevchenko level bust for Chelsea or Torres level bust? Ooh, that's a good point. I, I was thinking that is he not, you know, he scored a few goals in the beginning. It seemed, you know, with those guys, I, I think the excitement ended after the introductory press conference, right? At least Lukaku had that first month where we thought, wow, he, he's going to bag 25. They might win the league. And we, we thought this would, was a two horse race before. Lukaku turned up at Chelsea. But now, he's more like Messi at PSG <laughs> to me. I think they have the same goal total as well, probably. You know what? You I mean, he, he does look bigger, doesn't he? He's always been a big fella. But at Inter Milan, he, he seemed to really just, I don't know whether he slimmed down or what it was. He looked like a machine. And now he does look bigger. He did he slim looks, down. He looks so, chunky. 
So Henry Winter wrote this piece, I think it was, I think it was Henry Winter, about how the fitness levels at Spurs are through the roof since Conte's turned up. And this is his thing. That's almost the way we think of AC Milan preserving these bodies in the lab, that Conte exerts them through training, but with that threshold of what is too far, and then every guy is maximized without jeopardizing themselves, as opposed to Klopp was heavily criticized for overtraining his players. And we saw when he first turned up at Liverpool, how many guys got injured. So I think Conte's found the balance in between that. And Lukaku's spoken about it as well. I think Lukaku had also said he'd, he'd never been fitter in his life than under Conte. And look mm-hmm. at how they're firing now. Spurs, I mean, obviously not this weekend. Mm-hmm. But you'd argue the way that they, they run at teams that are, that are bossing them, like the way that they countered against Aston Villa, for example, only had five shots, score four, maximum efficiency to me that just matches that that's that's the missing link for Lukaku the missing factor Kane Kane looks fitter to me right now looks fitter now I know he's got a new haircut aerodynamics it could be that yeah. makes a big difference right but he does he looks there's something about him and he's always been a fit guy he's not you know a guy that you said oh he's not fit he's always been incredibly fit but there's something about him since Conte got there he's like a machine right now I also think that both I would say the same about Son. Son looks even faster yep, and more fit. And since Kulisevsky showed up, I think everyone offensively, every attacking player has elevated their game because the competition for places. And those three, I think, challenge Liverpool and Man City as amongst some of the best front threes in all of Europe. Again, not this past weekend. But yeah, unless they're playing Brighton. <laughs> yeah, unless they're playing Brighton. Um, that was a weird... Weird match, weird result. I didn't uh, see it, in all honesty. But a, a strange result, nonetheless. It just kind of matches the inconsistency that we've seen in this hunt for fourth place. Um, Doug Simon, I tweeted, with the exception of City and Liverpool, there hasn't been a lot of consistency at all at the top of the Prem. Every time a team seems to be ready to take fourth spot, they can't seem to keep it. Yes, Doug, I'd have to agree. Well, I mean, Christ, Arsenal. My God, are you talking <sighs> about being Arsenal. Just when we, we pretty much had written in ink, they're going to finish top four. And they're going to stay there for years. And then they lose three <laughs> straight games. It's just pathetic, isn't it? Now, I'll say this. Fraser Forster was incredible in that game. But even so, I mean, Arsenal, what are you doing? You had it. You had it in your hand. And now you're sitting in fifth place, three points back of fourth. You got, you got a game in hand. I get that. Um, but wow, what a missed opportunity. Unbelievable. Like, I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, it changes so quickly, doesn't it? I mean, three losses on the bounce. Absolutely flying. Now look average in so many ways. Look like they're leaking chances and goals. It's just nuts. Well, they can't score goals, which is a real problem, right? Uh, Tamu Puki has mm. scored 10 Premier League goals, okay? Norwich, 20th. Obama Yang, Lacazette, and Enketia have scored eight for Arsenal combined. Now, Obama Yang wasn't scoring. They didn't see him as a fit. They let him go. But Enketia is not the option up top. They're not scoring goals. So getting rid of a guy that used to score goals and has been doing it for Barcelona didn't work. So you can kind of understand no one knows more so than Charms how uh, ruthless and reactive a bunch Gooners are. But they had Arteta out trending all weekend. which shouldn't surprise yeah. any of us. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, everyone should calm down about that. I think he's, he's still the right guy for the job. <laughs> but they've got to spend some money on the right right positions, right players. I mean, maybe the prolific John David will be the solution this summer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> he hasn't scored now. How many games now is it he hasn't scored? 
He hasn't scored yet. Yeah, it's bad. They I've got, got a young squad well. though, too, right? I mean, yeah, they that, do. That's that's what he has on his side. They're getting better that way. I think they'll be more consistent as they get a little bit more mature. But they certainly need a couple pieces here and there. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting how they finish off the season. The way you guys uh, make us jump around my rundown and my order here, we'll just get Lil out of the way. That uh, Lil lost two uh, one at home to Len. Jonathan David did not score. He's only scored one goal for Lille in all of 2022 uh, since this new year started. And uh, that one goal came in, in March. In a 4-0 win over Claremont, which they would have won comfortably without his goal there. So, I think it's Lens. I think you pronounce yes, don't you? Je ne not speak French. I don't know. Where's Wong? So. <laughs> Len, Len was a band in the, in the 90s. Len. They had a couple of hits, I think. Pretty good, actually. Hmm. Let's ask the listeners. When it comes to foreign pronunciations, <laughs> who do you trust more? Me, Brendan Dunlop, or the face of soccer in this country, James Sharman? <laughs> I used to say Lons, and that's wrong, apparently. So I, I think, think it's Lens. I think it's Lens. Yeah. With the S. Yeah. Let me find out about Len, the band. Now, the band, now I find that interesting, because they were a pretty good band, Len. Let's see here. I'm sure everyone really cares about this. Jonathan David, um, the scouts will be watching them very closely it'll be interesting to see what happens because i mean it, his price tag was they were talking big big time yeah move for him price coming down do you think not um, d- down from the astronomical speculation that we had it at 80 plus yeah mm-hmm. down from there but they mm-hmm. bought him for 30 and if they were to sell him if the season ended now i think there's suitors it'll be there would be a bidding war. There'd still be a few mm-hmm. teams that might drive the price up to 50. I think Arsenal could be one of them that would do that. Yeah, maybe. So. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I still think he's the solution. He's still a very good player, obviously. And you wonder how much all the speculation has got to him a little bit. You know, I mean, it's really since January that it will... Put him in Arsenal, let's say, right? How many in the Premier League, toughest league to score in, or one of the very toughest... How many goals does he get you? Hmm. What what would be considered an okay first season for a new guy to the league? Nine, hmm. ten? At 50 million? With a price tag of 50 million? <laughs> I think 10, I, I was going to say 10 is probably realistic. But whether that's satisfactory for that fan base and that club, mm-hmm. I don't think 10 is at that price tag. I agree. I think at, at this point, they could dust off Thierry Henry, put him in that starting 11, and it'd be better than Lacazette. Yeah. Pretty sure. Lacazette, I mean, Lacazette started so well. He's definitely had moments. And when they landed Obama Yang, I thought, oh, they're back. They're they're back to to being the contender that they thought they, they would be. And that wasn't the case. So it's strange to me. I, I, I was saying that a few weeks ago, that Lacazette hasn't reached the potential and the expectation. He's been awful. But, but when he is on it, though, like class player, you can see it. He's on it like one week every six months. Right. I love the way you've taken control of this show to get us Sorry. to the 40 minute mark without <laughs> allowing me to have my time to talk about a man who's always on it when he's on the pitch, Cristiano Ronaldo. His three goals securing three points, lifting United to fifth place, leaving them three back of Tottenham in fourth. Ronaldo scored 21 goals. Remember our old friend Danny Dicchio, who still has a job at Sacramento Republic? He didn't think Ronaldo would bag 15 in all competitions. That free kick was his 15th Premier League goal of the season. And all of you who say he can't hit free kicks and shouldn't be allowed to can shut up because that was amazing. Yeah, okay, that's his first free kick in how many years? You know, it's you got to, it's a volume shooter. 
And the key, and the keeper forgot to put his arms on. <laughs> oh, coming to the defense of the goalkeeper, typical. That was his fiftieth. No, hat-trick. I'm not. It went right through him. Match fixing must be it. One of these new books that's advertising in Canada every hour of every day. His fiftieth club hat trick. He's the sixth player in history yeah. to score a hat trick, and yeah, we know he's good. We know he's had a good career. We know that. So I don't need to rifle off all these other ones. Like, you don't have to. No, we can all acknowledge he's one of the greats. Of course he is. And he's doing nothing this year that we didn't think, Pop and Danny, that he'd do. He will score goals. No, won't no, do anything think... else. But he'll score goals and the team won't be better for him. And guess what's happened? That. He's aware. There are people like you and Danny Dicchio who wrote him off. So he felt responsible to tweet Sunday afternoon, 30 hat tricks before 30 and 30 hat tricks after 30. It's time to unbalance the scale. Did he retweet that? He didn't. He did. He tweeted that himself. Oh, God. He did. For Christ's sakes, man, have some humility. I love the confidence. Your team is terrible. Your team's been a disappointment this year. And you're chiming off personal stats. It's just, oh, I'm sorry. I I just can't have it. It's time to unbalance (laughs) the scale. I mean, my scale has been pretty unbalanced since the pandemic started i'm about 17 to two, however many goals he has is how many pounds i am over since the <laughs> pandemic the started so i'm all i'm all about that um i know you're wondering charms how many hat tricks after the age of 30 messi has scored 14 oh yeah well okay and uh, you don't see messi tweeting about that do you just just the 14 just the 14 hat tricks not good enough <laughs> I do think, though, that if Ronaldo plays for Man City, he has 15 goals and he would win the title. Yeah, probably. He'd be used in the right. He, he, he wouldn't be starting each game, I'll tell you that much. You, if you've got a guy like Ronaldo who's going to pot that many goals for you and you can't figure out a way to keep goals out of your own net with a guy who guarantees you goals every freaking year, mm-hmm. it's not down to him. He's not going to chase, but you can figure it out. Yeah, I, I am not blaming, for the record, I am not blaming Ronaldo for United's demise. It was just the wrong fit. It was the wrong guy to pick, to choose. It was an emotional signing. They didn't need him. They scored a shitload of goals last year. A shitload of goals. They didn't need him. I no. just said that they're three points back of fourth now, right? In the middle of April. There's, they're nowhere near that, the top four, without him. Right. Without but- those goals. And Owen right, Hargraves agrees they, with They me. might be in the top four without him. They were second last year. You think they'd be in the top four without him? They were second last year without him. That was last year. I understand that. You think the way things have gone this year with Rashford on the decline? Well, no one foresaw Mason Greenwood. That is a, obviously a big issue on the field, let alone off the field. And, and when you put a Ronaldo on the team, you had to play a certain way, right? You had to cater to him. I know this. So the whole team changes. As a Portuguese supporter. But you're telling me, with all the issues that they've had scoring goals and keeping them out of the net, that they would have a better goal ratio without his 15 in the team. I, I don't know a better goal ratio. I, I have no idea how. It, but I know right now that fourth place it isn't. A, there's not a great team there right now. Spurs are struggle for what? It feels like three quarters of the season. They just turned it around now, and now they're finally in fourth place. Second to fifth is quite a big jump, which is what's happened. I think from a business point of view. And for the Man U fans, I think overall they look at this as if they fin- if they can finish in the top four. Trophy. Whew. As, I mean, why wouldn't you have Ronaldo back? Like, it's, he's a freaking legend. 
Do you think Eric Ten Hag wants him, though? The way he he coaches and, and what he's done in his previous jobs, does he want to have this 37-year-old me, 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 in the meantime, when Sean Deitch goes and takes over Ajax, maybe he recruits <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, you were talking about mo- motivation. What uh, what ambition does you know do these clubs have to bring someone in like Sean Deitch? I want what ambition does he have? I want him to say he's turning down all these championship jobs. I want Ajax. I want I want the Ajax job. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Hey, you never know. We, we don't know what he can do because he's only you know been put in this position. Not too many guys get fired. And get the love like he's been getting. I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. everybody's shocked and they made the bad decision and it's a knee-jerk decision and what are they doing and why haven't they got anybody lined up? And yeah, yep. he's performed miracles. A slightly different situation, but same reaction from the fan bases. Two clubs who fans were very uh, torn and crushed at the manager exiting. They both wear claret and blue. When Dean Smith was fired, I think all Aston Villa fans agreed that the team needed to mm. change, but didn't all agree that he was the reason and, and the person to blame and the scapegoat and needed to go. And we're gutted to see see him move on. And then you signed Gerard. Ooh, yeah. look at Gerard. <laughs> see you, Dean. Bye. It's been okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's made us forget. Rather quickly. <laughs> Same with the, the ghost of Jack Grealish is long gone from <laughs> from Birmingham as well. Yeah, it's true though. If if you'd signed if it wasn't Gerard coming and it was Sam Allardyce, right, there'd be even more love for Dean Smith. <laughs> yeah, I think Wrongly so. Wrongly or rightly. What do, what's, do you think uh how long before Burnley picked up the phone and called Big Sam? Or Rafa? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's know. it's too late. When Bruce Arena turns up, <laughs> when Bruce Arena turns up to save the Clarets, do you think? Maybe, just maybe. The only guy that'd be keeping an eye and actually know who the squad of players are is probably Allardyce because he'd be thinking, "I, I might get the fucking call." Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, that wouldn't be a big jump, a big shift for those players, would it? Oh yeah, no. So he'd be, he'd be looking at video. He'll be, he'll know all their best parts of their game, how they set up. It's late sixties now. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he wants to get back. Yeah, for seven games, why not? Seven games, yeah, shit. Why not? Yeah, why not? maybe. Um, I put myself in a, a very strange situation. I don't know if you guys saw my Newcastle tweet, which was uh, in reaction to Fabrizio Romano's comment that they were looking to extend Sean Longstaff's contract. And I tweeted, expectation, on Holland, Mbappe, Messi. Reality, we're extending Sean Longstaff's contract. <laughs> That's quite funny. I thought so I think, as well. I, I thought it was humorous. I, I got the point. It wasn't personal. The Toon Army took it very personal. <laughs> they did not take that well. Uh, hundreds of responses. Many, uh, who is this fucking guy, this fucking Canadian? Expectation, journalism, reality. You're a fucking tit. I got a lot of that. <laughs> well, it's something got the right thing, I guess. But the best, the best one that I got, though, was uh, I had this conversation. There was a, I worked with a producer at CBC who was a redhead and we were, there's a bunch of nicknames being thrown around and I'm looking at him and I said, we're going to get a nickname for you a couple of days in. I said, you know, the English, they would look at you and, and they'd come to some extreme conclusion that requires an explanation snaps. And he goes snaps. I'm like, yeah, like a uh, ginger snaps because they were searching for a ginger reference for your red hair and ginger snaps. So the whole office called this guy snaps for the rest of the rest of it. You must despise so, you. So they, say it again. He must despise you. He just, no, he loved it. He thought it was great. We're redheads, eh? He thought it was great. These Newcastle fans 
One of them gave me a nickname, and about 50 of them jumped all over it. It was Brendan Crap Socks. And took me a second. I'm like, Crap Socks? Is he rhyming it with Dunlop? And I thought, uh-huh. wait a second. Dunlop is a massive sportswear brand. And mm-hmm. it, like socks, underwear, sh- shorts. And someone, like, rather than tennis rackets or tires, someone chose socks, socks Crap Socks. Because so, we called you tires for a while, didn't we? Yes. Remember that? Yeah, tires. And that, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's the crap socks is not great. There's a few fan bases you don't want to fucking go after. I wasn't going after them. I love, I, I love that fan base. I know, but you don't even have to. Football fans don't always have the best sense of humor, I've, I've noticed. A little sensitive. You've learned in your career. <laughs> a little yeah. bit sensitive. A little bit. Um, Bible. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, let's mm-hmm. hit the MLS stories. Uh, I want to start with one of the non-Canadian teams. Did you see New York City won 6-0 over RSL? And Tati Castellanos bagged four Saturday afternoon. Um, but question for you two. Are you more surprised that New York City kept hold of him uh, in January? Because he was the golden boot winner last year, um, star in the playoffs. Or that in season eight, they still play at fucking Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Oh, I know. I thought it'd be done by now, eh? Wasn't it? Were they supposed oh to be gone by now? God, it was supposed to be three seasons. Then yeah. they were gonna they were going to play, build a stadium at the Portlands, which for anyone in the media who watches any ESPN content out of New York, that's where that location is now. So they've built that up into a very, to give you a Toronto reference, like a you know a downtown city place, or not quite distillery, but one of those new gentrified rebirthed areas. That's where they thought the stadium was going to be. Then they had a failed deal. I think it couldn't have been New Jersey. Somewhere else that seemed like it would work. And they're still in the Bronx. Still at Yankee Stadium on that child-sized pitch. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not a good place to watch. What's the latest? Is there any any news on a stadium? I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything in the immediacy. I think they're constantly trying to broker something. But there's just no space. That's That was the problem with Manhattan. You know, going back to the bloody cosmos, right? Expensive. So expensive. I hear that the uh, the ownership have some some financial issues, and that's part of the reason why. It's a well, I think <laughs> they've uh, that those that ownership group though is committed to many a financial project. So I'm sure that they've been taken in a city like that. They've been taken for many deposits. That would just be my guess. I will say, I still think though. I mean, having you know, I'm not surprised they haven't moved now. But Castellanos, I thought was gone. In fact, I was yeah. when I was doing MLS research, I assumed he was gone. And then I'm going over like New York City. I'm like, oh, shit, he's still there. Because there was deals mm. on the table, wasn't there? I, I don't know why he didn't go through, partly maybe because MLS have lost some talent the last few months to Europe. They've got to hang on to some players, I guess. But I can't see him staying for long. No, one more season. Oh, he might not make it through the summer. I'm going to say the summer, like maybe, that, right? Four yeah. goals a game. If you're yep. scoring four goals a game, you might not make it through the summer. Uh, a good venue that's turned back into a fortress is BMO Field. Third straight win at home for TFC. 2-1 over Philadelphia, handing the Union their first loss of the season. Oso and Jimenez, did you see the footwork for that opening goal? That was epic. I know, it was a nice goal. Yeah. Do you know, did we get any um, update on Ozo? It was, he did his calf, wasn't it? Or no, his thigh. I'm not sure if it's hammy or, or quads. Have you heard anything today? I've not. Yeah. Craig, what did your sources text you? I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't got on top of that one <laughs> yet. From my expertise as a football eye, uh, Pozuelo is uh, started the season like a, he'll be in the MVP conversation come the end Great of it. Great goal, wasn't it? Great goal. <sighs> yeah. I also really liked Bob Bradley's game management there, taking Jaden Nelson off at halftime. He was on a yellow card. He put Kerr on, who also 
you know, is uh, a bit inexperienced as well, but um, a, a lot of pace. But I just thought it was just classy game management. Not all a shot at Nelson's performance. His performance was great, but just in recognizing, like, not the risk we need to take in a game against this team that was clearly getting under his skin. Like, Ali Bedoya is one of those players that Charmin loves. One of those players that like, <laughs> you, you want on your team, but God, you hate him if he's not on your team. <laughs> no, I think Nelson might be that. He might be becoming that as well. Could be. He, he really, for a young guy, he is nasty and he's physical and he's brave. And he, of course, he, he goes a little bit too far, which is Bradley saw that. But I like his game overall. I really do. He's got some chit spot to him. He's, he's, he's tough. An edge similar to Richie Larea, I would say. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what my other takeaway so far is I, I love Thompson's uh, socks. Cozy Thompson, not crap sock. Because they are like, they're, they're, they're not even like midway down his calf, right? They're like ankle socks. You can see the shin pad sticking out. Love it. Lower than Grealish? Oh, way lower. Really? Yeah. He, he looks like he should be playing rugby. Huh. Well, I used to have uh, short socks, so he, like a flanker patrolling around the outside of a ruck. Strange. looks like to me. I love it. Big fan. Big fan of it so far. And Vic Rutter. Vic Rutter doing the call. It took I, me yes. way back. Took me back. Totally. Yeah, I like that he used Pozuelo's name like a verb, but that like that's the way. It was great in the goal call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a few tweets about people happy to hear Vic back. Um, did you watch yeah. Montreal and Vancouver early in the afternoon? I caught most of the first half. The second half uh, was quite distracted, but uh, Montreal won that two to one. Apologies for my dog that's whining and murmuring on the floor at my feet. I can't hear. I can't hear. Can shut up. No. We're almost done on me anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, we're wrapping oh, it up. On me? Any points on the white caps? I didn't see the game, honestly. I can't, can't tell you. They got to pick up some points. I don't know about points. I said last week, I think it was last week, that this trip was going to be the real test, I think, for where they are. And the, my takeaway is that they're third. <laughs> They're the third best team in Canada, MLS team in mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. and that uh, I think Montreal. You know, I think Montreal's looking like a like a playoff team. I think Wilfred Nancy's got a really good thing going there. Jordi Mihailovic scored, Jesus, sixty five seconds into the match, I think it was. Yeah, um, they've got some really good pieces. I think Victor Wanyama looks like a comfortable leader, and mm-hmm. we've heard Deitch speak on this show about Nancy as a as a manager, and he seems great. Se- yeah. Seems like a, they got a good project building there. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto as well, and Vancouver, they just don't seem to get it right, do they? They just can't seem to get it right. No. There were some fantastic goals in the Canadian Premier League this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Ozaze Di Rosario, the eldest mm-hmm. son of Dwayne Di Rosario, scored his first goal for York United, which was a rocket from outside the box. It was on the Footy Prime account Friday, if you've not seen it. Part of York United's 1-1 draw out in Edmonton. Great goal. Great first goal. I think there might be a few. Certainly, uh, Martin Nash and company will be hoping that there are. And Alessandro Hojabrapour, who was the CPL Young Player of the Year, winning the title with Pacific. He's a forge now. Uh, three minutes in to uh, what was a 2-2 draw at home to Cavalry. Yeah. He had a rocket as well. That was a beauty. That's yeah. great. Outside of the yeah. box. Bang. Great strike. It was a hell of a play. Uh, Marco Bustos, who uh, was MVP talent since he's come north come back home to Canada and play in the CPL. He hit a stellar outside of the boot cross um, in Pacific's 3-2 win over Valor for Manny Aparicio. Very Modric-like, that cross, which which I like. Quite a bit of skill. But you saw it, if you, if you watch the women's game against Nigeria, Starlight out there in Victoria, the camera is so low, I couldn't imagine calling a match like that, especially <laughs> off a monitor in another city. So credit to 
Adam Jenkins and Alpha Blasis and whoever calls those matches because that height is not easy. The media are always the forgotten victims. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't know. <laughs> like I said, the really forgotten victims. Yeah. <laughs> so forgotten. No one knows who we are. I tell you what I didn't know this weekend. On Saturday, I threw on Juventus and Bologna. And the Juventus were chasing and chasing. And this uh, giant Austrian man scores for Bologna. Like, wow, that guy looks a lot like Marko Arnautovic. It was. Oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea he was there. Uh, no. And uh, and I had remembered lately, later in the match, but I had forgotten uh, that Gary Medal is also there. Uh, he got sent off. Gary Medal, uh, lost Jesus. his head. They, yeah. they were, were down to nine men for the last seven minutes. And Dusan Vlajevic uh, scored in the 95th minute. Um, it was a stellar bicycle kick pass, and then he he headed home. But if you're still paying attention to the Serie A, we we should do maybe we can do it for this week. We'll uh, or soon we should do uh, our, our eleven of players we forgot existed, but are still really <laughs> playing top level football and aren't that old after all. Does Bologna count as top level football? But oh, I think so. Yeah, you yeah. can't say top level because we would we we would probably know who they are. But oh, yeah, how about, but then, how about just playing? But Anatovich is and the Gary Medell is like bang on. It's perfect, right? Um, Ashley Young would be in there. You know, these kind of players, guys that, oh, yeah, shit, I thought he retired or I thought he'd gone to yeah, the, the yeah. Middle East or something. Surprise, though, though there's a, quite a few guys in the Serie A. It would look like we're picking on them because leading the line, the number nine position, would be Fabio Quagliarella, who's still playing for Sampdoria. <laughs> Quagliarella, that's right. Is he really? Wow. TFC were linked with him before Seba. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was like was 2012. Really good player. Still playing in the Serie A. Pretty mm. amazing. All right. Um, uh, shout out to Benfica. Two nil winners at the Alvalad, ending Sporting's title hopes in the Liga Nosh. Just obligated to to get that in there. <laughs> what are you doing? My dog just knocked a sound panel off of the wall and oh, almost crushed him. You okay there, bud? Yeah, he's like, fuck off about your Benfica. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I'm a Porto fan. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a good boy. Uh, I'm glad I get to Still recap the weekends with you lot, despite uh, Jimmy Brennan, who wanted to be with his real family. Work families are better. My family's yelling at me right now. Dad, we miss you so much. Please come and join us. Wow. Please. I mean, we all tell lies on the show at some point, but usually it's about our (laughs) athletic ability, not about our families. Come on. (laughs) We'll be back this week with some more content when we figure out what the hell it is. And until then, as James Sharman always says, cheers for listening. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.